Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome anyway, Tuesday, no, what is today? Yeah, Tuesday edition of um, the, the Labor Day got me going here. Uh, I'm Steve Russell. Seth is producing our broadcast today. Good to see him here. And it's good to have the Gator QB, Shane Matthews, back. Shane, normally with us on Mondays, but because of the holiday yesterday. And normally we'd have inside the huddle today. But the ball coach tomorrow, Shane, you're going to be a happy dude. Yeah, he was there. Yeah. He was at, uh, I think the last time they beat Clemson, he was the coach. I, I could be wrong there, but, boy, they, they got dominated by the, the Blue Devils last what night. What an odd – I mean, whatever you think – I'm going to talk about Dabo in a minute. But whatever you think, he said it's the weirdest game he's ever been part of. It was kind of weird. It was. I mean, they went up and down the field. They missed a – was it a 19-yard field goal? They didn't even have a chance. Yeah. Uh, they got a punt blocked. They fumbled on, like, their own three going in. Yeah. And then they had multiple times they were going in and didn't get points. So, it's a give Duke credit. Boy, I like their quarterback a lot. Yeah. And Elko's done a great job. But, yeah, Clemson is going to be kicking themselves for losing that game. It was so funny. I'm not going to – tomorrow, by the way, we are going to have uh, our inside the huddle tomorrow <clears> – <throat> because Coach is coming back uh, from uh, Duke today. But it was funny. He was interviewed, and I guess the PA guy was talking, and so <laughs> Coach said, yeah, yeah, we won the ACC in 1989. I thought the PA guy would say that, but he didn't. Okay. <laughs> I missed the interview. So, when was it? I guess he was on the field, and I, I don't know if a Duke person interviewed but it was on Twitter. Oh, so it wasn't on the telecast. No, no, oh, no, no. Okay. But, just so vintage him. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I thought the PA guy would say that, but he didn't. <laughs> Just great. Um, all right. Uh, with Shane here, obviously, uh, you know what we're going to talk about, you know, college football in general. Uh, call us up, 392-8255. You can email us, Russell, at WRUF.com. Max Chadwick from Pro Football Focus will join us to talk some more college football at uh, 1215. Um, Shane, I know there's a lot of different ways to look at what happened the other day. And I think the Tennessee game is just a huge, huge game. Seth and I were looking at the schedule. I'm not sure that game day would go to, you know, another SEC venue after Alabama, but there's just no marquee games on the schedule. So can you imagine if game day comes here, which I think is possible, if you're going to fix this, that's a huge game to win at home. Yeah, it's crucial. There's no question. You know, I know there's a lot of overreaction about this game, just like we overreacted beating Utah last year. Yes. Uh, so it's still a long season. You know, I, I was extremely disappointed, Steve, uh, and I don't know if people listen to me on Sean and myself on the air, but I was very frustrated. Um, not because we lost, but how we lost. You know, give Utah credit. I think Kyle Whittingham's done a tremendous job. It's a great environment there, beautiful setting, all that stuff. But, you know, I try to say this: the, the things that happen are very correctable. And that's not coach speak coming out. It is because everything happened. The, the bad stuff happened before the ball was even snapped. You can't have eight guys. I'm sitting up there. I count them for some reason. It's just a natural habit that I have. And I told Sean, I said, we got eight guys on this field goal block. We had 10 on another punt return, I believe. The two number threes, I kind of get that. I don't get it because he was number 21 about five days before the game and switched it. But 
all the walkthroughs you do, you should catch that. Catching the ball inside the five-yard line twice. Um, now, you missed a chip shot field goal, but that's a physical thing. You shank a punt, that's a physical thing. The other things are in call for, and that's what drove me nuts. Uh, those things should not happen. You know, we had five, I think, uh, false starts. I think four of them were on third and one, and one was on fourth and one, I believe. Those things happen. You don't want them to happen. But the other ones is what just drove me bananas. Okay, we'll take your emails, questions, calls, and comments. Uh, John, go ahead. Hey, Steve, it's Dale. Oh, Dale, sorry, it says John on my phone. Sorry about that. No problem. Hey, guys, you know, Steve, you know what's funny? You know, you're talking about you know, this year and last year. I remember coming home from games last year. Fans were calling in, AR up for the Heisman. We're going to be in the playoffs, you know, and it's just 365 days later. It's just total opposite. But, uh, Shane, I'm in agreements with you. I think a lot of stuff can be fixed. You know, just silly errors, you know, mental mistakes. And uh, after watching Clemson last night, I really don't feel that bad now, you know, because we're not the only uh, team in the college football that's got issues. No, it's early on. There's, you know, I didn't get to watch much college football because uh, I enjoyed myself in Utah and didn't get back till yesterday. Uh, watched uh, the Duke game, and yeah, I mean Duke. Duke has two five stars. Clemson has fifty six four and five stars. Uh, just they made way too many mistakes, uh, just like the Gators did. Um, you know, hopefully we can correct those things. I think the biggest thing I believe this is my opinion, and of course. I thought this team was going to win a lot. I'm still sticking to it. But what I saw in practice was how we threw and caught the football. I think we need to do it a lot more. And I'm talking about on first down. Because I was preaching after the second drive, we need to throw it every down. Because I know people are down on the offensive line, and I get it. But football, as you know, Steve, it's a numbers game. You can have a run play called and have it blocked correctly, but if they got too many dudes in the box, somebody's going to come clean and make the tackle. And everybody's going to blame, well, that's the offensive line. Well, sometimes it's not. If they got too many in there, let's throw it and throw it a lot because they can throw and catch. Yeah. Shane, I'm in agreement with you 100% because, you know, listening to the broadcast last Thursday night, you know, I'm saying to myself, yes, just throw the ball, especially in the first half. We did throw the ball in the second half. But, you know, if the uh, running game's not working, and they're stacking the box. I don't care if you have Emmett Smith back there running the football. You're not going to get positive yards, so why not throw the ball? Well, that, that's that's what I was saying on the broadcast. And, look, right. my, my mind is thinks differently probably than, than Billy, but you got to be aggressive in today's world. you you got to go fast. you got to get the ball in space. Uh, that's what I thought we would do more of. Not when we were down 21. Let's do it early in the game uh, because I think the quarterback's pretty damn good. A lot of people disagree with me, but he can throw. And uh, we got one, three, and four need to be our wideouts until they're tired and need to come out of the game. Okay. Thank hey, you, Real, quick, real yep. quick question, Steve. Uh, okay, in high school football, the knees has got to be covered. And uh, college, why is not the uh, padding got to be covered over the knees? And I'll take it off here. Okay. They changed Thank the rule. You. you can wear, if you saw it last night, Clemson, some of the Florida State guys. I, know, I had a ton of people ask me about Ricky Pearsall. I couldn't see that how short his short pants were from the press box, but there's no rule now. Yeah, it's just about what you want to do. Yep. Uh, okay, let's get to Bill. He says, if you compare Napier's coaching to what Dion did in less than nine months uh, to put together a team with mostly lower division athletes, which I don't think is true, but 
significantly smaller staff resources than Florida. Beat a team that played for the national championship last year in their first game. Is this a fair comparison or coaching accomplishments? Billy often talks about team culture, players caring for one another. Deion said he's tired of hearing about team culture, doesn't care if players don't like each other. He said he wants players that want to win. What do you feel about this? Uh, I mean, give Deion in Colorado credit. Uh, let's let's not forget, Billy Napier won his first game uh, as a coach over a top-10 team here against Utah. Um, I don't agree with a lot of things Deion says. We'll see. It's a long season, so let's not overreact about the Colorado Buffaloes. William says, smart man here. He wanted to give it a few days since venting afterwards really isn't clear-headed. <laughs> Good man, William. Uh, the items that were supposed to be strengths under Napier, which are discipline, organization, and offensive line play with two coaches, were just flat, natural, embarrassing. Utah is a good football team, no debate on that. But to be that unprepared, self-inflicted wounds, watching Merch running around for his life, big concerns. You can correct the self-inflicted wounds, but our offensive line's a problem, not one that can be easily fixed. Even with Kingsley coming back at center at some point, I don't see much improvement. George was awful in particular, and two or three others weren't much better. I've seen Pop Warner teams have more organization. Well, the, the self-inflicted stuff is what causes problems with me the most. Uh, look, it's hard to pass block. I know the run game, again, I'm going to give them a pass on some of those because they had we, – we couldn't block it. You could have had the, uh, a Hall of Fame offensive line. If they have too many in there, you can't block them. Uh, so let's see. Uh, I mean, I know Utah – they're, they're a good football team regardless. They, they don't wow you at all. They just play good, solid football. I mean, they're, they won the Pac-12 the last two years. Yep. And, and they, they could win it this year. Uh, so, you know, Florida's got to do some different things. It's McNeese State. They're not very good, let's be honest. But the, I'm with you, Steve. Tennessee is an enormous football game. Yes. Um, Mark, he's making your point here, Shane. I'm a numbers guy. He said – meaning good football is played by taking what the defense gives you, and you start by counting the numbers in the box. Against Utah, 22 rush attempts, 14 came against seven or more in the box, mm -hmm. nine against a seven-man box, four against an eight-man box, one against a nine-man box, which is outrageous in my opinion, he says. We had eight rush attempts against a six-man box for negative two yards. That's just horrible. I don't understand why Napier continues to run the ball when there are seven or more in the box. Can you explain it? Shane just kind of did. Yeah, that, that, that's where my frustrations were uh, during the broadcast. Um, I mean, I love throwing the football. I like running it, too. I, I'm all about being a potent offense, however it is. And uh, I just feel like after that second series, you know, you got to kind of feel out what the opposing team's plan is against you, whether the whatever formation, whatever. And I turned to Sean. I said, I would not run the football again the rest of the day. Wow. Now, that's a little exaggerated. Yeah. But because I thought we were throwing and catching very well. Now, Graham missed a couple of easy throws early in the game, but he settled down. But I thought Pearsall and these guys could, could run good routes and get open, and they did on some of the drives. And then we waited till late. You know, we were down 21 to really go. And um, so we'll see. I, I just – in today's world, I mean, the fastest way to score, Steve, is through the air. Well, I'm interested to see what Tennessee will do because I think more teams will take the Utah blueprint and say, we're not going to let you run the ball. Let's see how many times you're going to throw it. Well, again, that, that, if they're going to do that, if they yeah. have more guys than you can block, you cannot call a run play. Well, we're going to find out. Uh, let's get to Daryl here. Hi, Daryl. <clears throat> hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. Um, 
Shane, I want to ask you uh, about the Coach Napier. And I know we have an assistant or uh, offensive coordinator. Um, I'm, I'm a big Dion fan. I got to watch his watch his team, the offense there. I know they have brought in a coach to coach the offense. And what you just described is, you know, being fast and, uh, you know, throwing the ball. Is that the kind of offense you think that kind of like is going to work in the SEC? What we kind of, what I kind of saw, I don't know if you watched the game, watching what Colorado did. And we had, I think we have the athletes to, to do that and a quarterback to run an offense like that. And, and we, do you think Coach Napier will, like, I want to say step aside, but give up that the play calling duties. Well, that ain't going to happen this year because they ain't got anybody that's going to be able to call the plays. Uh, right. We've got, we got assistants. <laughs> well, we don't have anybody that can call. None of the assistants can okay. call offense. They never have. Okay. Um, okay. Billy's always called the plays. I, I'm a firm believer if you get hired and that's what you've done your whole life, continue doing it. I think he's just a conservative, wants to run the football type of coach. And I get it. But to, in today's world, I mean, it's not just Colorado. They hired a, a young guy from Toledo who plays fast. Uh, everybody, I mean, Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, Florida State, everybody goes somewhat fast. Uh, and and like I said, I, I love throwing the football. I'm not a guy that wants to throw it every down. But I'd be damn, I'm not going to try to, what is it, the old yeah. put a uh, – Peg, square, square, square yeah, yeah, I mean, I just you're beating your head against the wall, trying exactly. to move the line of scrimmage when you have no chance. Right, and uh, you know, maybe putting somebody up in the box because I think the offensive what? line coach, which is the assistant offensive coordinator, has that title. He's on the field, so you can't really see like he can see up in the box. They got they got hand. dudes in the box. They got multiple guys in yeah. the box. I don't know who's in charge okay. of what, looking at what. Um, okay. And they relay information. Yeah, they all have headsets. But so, you know, Billy's going to call the play. You know, every, everybody talks about Billy shouldn't call plays because he's got too much on his plate. I don't agree with that. I just think it's his philosophy. You know, yeah. you know, we just you got to be more aggressive. Daryl, I got a guest coming up. I pre- I appreciate your call. Thank you. Twelve sixteen time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. We're going to get Max Chadwick, Pro Football Focus, then Shane and I for the rest of the day. ESPN ninety eight one FM eight fifty AM WRUF. <laughs> Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Victoria Alves. Tonight in the MLB, the Tampa Bay Rays will be looking to bounce back against the Boston Red Sox. Live coverage of the game will begin right here at 6 o'clock. In Gator Sports, the volleyball team will be looking to stay undefeated as they take on Sacramento State in the Gator Invitational on Thursday night. Gators soccer continue their three-match road trip to close out the non-conference schedule and will take on Charlotte this Thursday. Former Gator tennis star Ben Shelton will continue in the U.S. Open after reaching quarterfinals. For the first time since 2005, three American men reached the quarterfinals in the U.S. Open, including Shelton, Francis TFO, and Taylor Fritz. Shelton will take on TFO tonight at 8.15. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Victoria Alves. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Been telling you for a while now about the Road Heaver Boys Ranch in Palatka. I want to remind you about the great work they do. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch houses at-risk young boys from difficult home environments, and these boys can turn troubled lives into futures full of promise with real-life skills because they repair your donated vehicles and then they resell them. This is among the very best charities in Florida you can support. So if you have an unused or unwanted vehicle of just about any kind, 
please consider a donation to the Road Heaver Boys Ranch. Your donations are tax-deductible and go a long way towards helping a really great cause. To find out more, Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org. Mike Lester is the founder of Talon Wealth. I can't believe how much attention Talon's advertising has been receiving. All I said was, I wouldn't sell my mother an annuity, and nobody should sell you an annuity either. So here's the thing. I was a very successful annuity salesperson back in the day, but I evolved as a financial advisor, as a fiduciary. I just don't know how, as a fiduciary, you can promote products that pay you a commission before your clients make a dime. So all of you out there pushing and selling annuities to your clients, explain to them who's paying for your radio advertisements, who's producing your radio show. After you answer those questions, then explain to me why I wouldn't sell my mother an annuity. That's all there is to it. Mike, you pay for all of our advertising. I produce our radio stuff and I work for Talon Wealth. That's right, Christian. We don't have to sell annuities to provide income to people in retirement. More at guardingyournestegg.com. Advisory services through Talon Private Wealth and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Florida License D056341. When severe weather hits Gainesville, WRUF's Hurricane Storm Center is there for you. For the latest information regarding severe tropical weather, listen live, online, or on the WRUF radio app. For a complete rundown of hurricane emergency services and pre-storm preparedness, check out the WRUF Storm Center at WRUF.com. A courtesy of Caribbean Electric, Conrad Tree Service, and Radiant Credit Union. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. QC Kinetics can change your life. You can live again without that chronic joint pain and without drugs or surgery. Hi, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is advanced regenerative medicine. They take your body's own concentrated healing properties and put them right into your joint to restore and repair that damaged tissue that's causing all that horrible pain. The patient satisfaction reports are astonishing. Finally, a real alternative to the old ways of dealing with pain. And unlike surgery, no downtime with QC treatments. If you have constant pain in your knees, hips, shoulder, or back, you need to call and get a free consultation from the medical professionals at QC Kinetics today. Imagine this fall, moving around pain-free, doing the things you love again like walking, hiking, and playing with grandkids. Call QC Kinetics and see how the latest advances in precision regenerative medicine can attack your pain and bring you lasting relief. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages, 352-400-4550, QC Kinetics. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-700-6898. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-700-6898. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-700-6898. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800-700-6898. 800-700-6898 or BigLou.com. Coming up at 4, it's the Tailgate with Jeff Cardozo and Pat Dooley. 
right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. This is Gators head men's basketball coach Todd Golden, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Looking for the best pizza in town? Head on over to Leonardo's Millhopper. The pizza and garlic knots are incredible and have you coming back for more. That's Leonardo's Pizza Millhopper. Make sure you tell them Shane sent you. Welcome back to Sports Scene. Max Chadwick, Pro Football Focus, is going to join us here. Max, apologies. Uh, we just got to you a little bit late, but I want to get right to things here. Uh, this past weekend in the books here, uh, everybody's talking Dion. Everybody's talking about Dabo. Uh, your thoughts on some of the games this past weekend? Yeah, I've been absolutely, Steve. Thanks for having me on again. And, and yeah, it was a uh, it was a phenomenal week of, of college football. I think the biggest takeaway is, is probably the Colorado game. You know, Deion Sanders and that team is is looking pretty good right now, and a lot better than I and a lot of other people thought they would be immediately to start the season. So yeah, I mean, I think Colorado goes goes from a team that I was projecting to win maybe five, six games. Now you could say seven, eight games. Honestly, I, I think they have a really, really talented roster and. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty uh, interesting week of college football, for sure. Let me ask about a couple of quarterbacks in the SEC. Um, I watched Tennessee play, and, uh, you know, Milton statistically was good, but I thought he still has some accuracy issues. And then Alabama's guy was pretty good, but, again, not a great team. Now they play Texas. Where do you see Milrow and, uh, and Tennessee's guy, Milton? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think, um, you know, Jalen Moreau is a guy that I was a little hesitant on because last season he was, quite frankly, one of the worst passers in college football when he was Bryce Young's backup and then he had to spot uh, do a spot start against Texas A&M. And he was, quite frankly, terrible, honestly, as a passer. He looked a lot better. He looked a lot, lot better uh, this past week. But as you mentioned, they played Middle Tennessee State. So uh, it wasn't, quite frankly, the, the, the opponent that, um, you know, you could, you could take a lot from. So I'm still holding out. I, I think he looks phenomenal, so I am encouraged by that, and I do think he is going to be better than what he showed last year. I just don't know how many magnitudes better he will be, but I, I was very encouraged. So we'll see this week against Texas. And then, yeah, uh, Joe Millen I, was, I had high hopes for. I thought he looked pretty solid. You know, I didn't think it was anything too special, like you said. Um, he had some really beautiful deep throws that were dropped by his receivers. Uh, he's got the strongest arm in college football for sure. And, you know, that strong arm is going to look really good in that Tennessee offensive scheme by Josh Heupel that is so predicated on deep vertical throws. So, uh, yeah, Joe Millen, I still have high hopes for. Jalen Monroe, um, I was very, very encouraged by his performance on Saturday. But, again, it was not against a very good opponent. And also, you know, what you showed last year is not good at all. So I'm still a little hesitant on Jalen Monroe, although I am. Uh, feeling a little bit better about him as Alabama's full-time starter. Uh, North Carolina's defense last year was really, really bad. And a guy from the SEC we know, Gene Chizik, that unit looked a lot better. Uh, are you buying North Carolina more than you're buying a South Carolina? Uh, yeah, I think it's a good question. I think North Carolina as a team, they showed some really good things as you know, the defensive line looked really good. And I think the, the pass rush looked good. The South Carolina offensive line, quite frankly, couldn't do anything to stop the Tar Heels. Uh, you know, Spencer Rattler was under pressure all day. Um, and then I also, I, I didn't think the game plan for South Carolina was all that great either. So uh, I'm not sure if I'm fully buying into North Carolina's defense, uh, but they do have some really, really good players on that side of the ball. 
And I, again, I'm encouraged. It's kind of like the Jalen Monroe thing, where it's like I didn't feel good about them entering the year. They had some good. They had a good game. You know, now it's time to keep proving it. But at least they did it against a quality opponent in South Carolina, not like Alabama did. But uh, yeah, again, I, I think North Carolina's defense better than what it was last year. But I'm not fully there all the way there yet. Saying you know this could be a defense that along with Drake May, helps lead the Tar Heels to an ACC championship or maybe even college football playoff. Max Chadwick, Pro Football Focus, joining us here, talking some college football. One more team I want to talk about. We all know Bobby Petrino, and again, A&M didn't play a great team, but the offense looked a lot better. They threw the football better. Your thoughts on A&M? Yeah, Texas A&M, um, you know, again, New Mexico, who is one of the worst teams in college football, but the, the A&M offense looked really good, and, and Connor Weigman specifically is someone I'm really, really excited about. He was a five-star recruit a couple of years ago, uh, the quarterback, and um, I'm really excited to see what he can do as a sophomore this year. And then he also, uh, another sophomore they got in that offense is Evan Stewart, the wide receiver, who was a top-ten recruit coming out of high school, looked really encouraging last year as a true freshman. He was dominant against New Mexico in this game, eight catches for 115 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, that partnership between Weigman and Evan Stewart could be one of the most lethal partnerships in the SEC. Uh, and we'll see what they, they do with Bobby Petrino as the offensive coordinator. So, uh, yeah, encouraging performance once again. But like, like Alabama was against New Mexico, uh, not a quality opponent yet. But, you know, that will change this week because Texas A&M has Miami this week, uh, which should be a, a really interesting and fun game. Uh, a lot of people have looked at Texas, and they're going to come to the SEC, obviously, Max, I'll end with this. And they always tease you. They have this great talent, but somewhere along the line, they lose, they fall. Well, they've got a chance here against Alabama and played Alabama tough last year. Where do do you see this game? That's going to be it's going to be a tough game. I I don't know where I'm leaning right now because I remember last year Quinn Ewers went down in that Alabama game. If he didn't go down, I think Texas wins that game easily, honestly. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, they have the weapons, man. They have, I think the second best receiving core in college football, only after Ohio state Quinn Ewers, uh, has all the talent in the world to be an absolute superstar. Uh, they have some really good pieces on the defensive side of the ball too. And also Alabama's secondary is a little beat up right now. Jalen key, uh, the transfer safety who looked really good in week one. He has an injury. Malachi Moore, the slot corner who's really good as well. He has an injury. We'll see what, if they both can play, but if they can't, I mean, Alabama's going to have probably even more issues dealing with this Texas passing attack, and really it could come down to Jalen Moreau and this Alabama offense and whether or not they can keep up with Texas. So, yeah, I'm really excited for this game. And honestly, if, if you're telling me to pick a winner right now, uh, I'd probably have to lock myself in a dark room for a few hours <laughs> and come out with a winner because I, I truly uh, am leaning both ways right now, and, and I'll have probably a, a firm answer in the next couple of days. All right, last 30 seconds. Uh, Florida plays McNeese. They lost to Tarleton State. That says it all. Tennessee plays Austin P. Today, and this will change, but today, you know, Tennessee hasn't beaten Florida in Gainesville, I think, since 2003 or some ridiculous amount of time. Where would you, just what chance do you give Tennessee to win here this time around? Uh, I think it's a pretty good one. I, I think, you know, Tennessee, I think, is a better team. Uh, pretty clearly, they're a top 15 team right now in the country. And, um, they got the passing attack that can really give Florida fits. And, you know, you saw even with a beat-up Utah team was able to beat Florida on some on some throws uh, in that first game. So, yeah, I think I think Tennessee is, should be the favorite in that game. But, again, I'm not totally writing off Florida just yet. I think it was a really well-coached Utah team they went up against. 
Um, I'm not completely writing them off, but I do think Tennessee is probably the favorite, and they should be going into that okay, game. Okay, and I'm sure we'll talk about that you know, next week. But tell people they can see your work, Max. Absolutely. You can find it at PFF.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Max Chadwick CFB. And also, I host a show called Preferred Walk-On. Interview some of the top players, coaches, media personalities. And also, we're doing some, uh, some preview and recap shows as well. So I'm very excited about that. Pleasure to have you. Thanks for doing it. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. You got it, Max. Max Chadwick, Pro Football Focus, 1230. Time check brought to you by Hayes. Generally, rest of the day, the Gator QB and me. Your questions, calls, and comments, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. From Weimer Hall on the campus of the University of Florida, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Here's the kickoff, and this game is underway. Can't make it to the game? This season, make sure you get the best at-home experience with video and audio from Electronics World. EW features big-screen HD TVs and projectors from Sony and Super Sound from Yamaha, Sony, and Marantz. With speakers from Bowers and Wilkins, Keff and Martin Logan. See and hear for yourself. Visit Electronics World in Gainesville or online at electronicsworld.net. We all need somebody to lean on, somebody to trust and support us. At Radiant Credit Union, we believe in being that support for our members and our community. We're not just a credit union. We're here for our members in the North Central Florida area, and we want to help make your financial dreams a reality. When you open a free checking account with us, you can forget about monthly fees. You can even earn up to $300 just for joining. Visit RadiantCU.org community and let us support you on your financial journey. Federally insured by NCUA. Conditions apply. See website for details. At the Wood Stove and Fireplace Center, there's always excitement around football, family, and the first hint of the fall season. Family-owned and operated since 1975, the Wood Stove is the area's premier dealer of wood, gas, and electric stoves and fireplaces. Visit our showroom today to see our large selection of contemporary and traditional styles. Give your fireplace a facelift with our custom glass doors, screens, tool sets, and more. The Wood Stove and Fireplace Center, downtown Gainesville. Or visit woodstoveflorida.com. College football season is here, and there's lots of great plays being made. Hey, it's Steve Russell. Let me tell you about one of my favorite plays when it comes to my automobile. I take it to Dave Mays Automotive. Why? Because I trust the team to treat me and my vehicle with respect, integrity, and honesty. If you're tired of being treated like a number at the chain stores, make a great play and head to Dave Mays Automotive located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind the Sunnies on Waldo Road. Brakes, AC, oil changes, tires, engine and transmission work, and of course, their famous bug check. Modern to import, diesel trucks and fleet service, they do it all. Learn more at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. International Diamond Center's biggest ever designer bridal event featuring the entire collections from the nation's top two designers is this weekend. Takori and Baraggio are together on the IDC stage Friday through Sunday. See hundreds of new spectacular rings and get 36 months zero interest financing. See the entire collection from Takori. Exquisite handcrafted rings from true artisans in California. And here from New York, see all the latest from Baraggio. Unique, distinctive, and personalized. Find the ring of your dreams and enjoy three years zero 
zero interest financing. Plus, at this event, when you buy any Takori or Viraggio ring, IDC will give you a $500 gift card. Buy the matching wedding band and get a $1,000 gift card. Don't miss this remarkable opportunity to see and compare the world's top two ring designers side by side. And let IDC's experts help you match up the most perfect diamond for the ring you fall in love with. Don't miss this unprecedented event. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, exclusively at International Diamond Center at Celebration Point. Unapproved credit. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. It's looking like another rain-free day with fair weather clouds and afternoon highs will get to around 90. Tonight, some patchy fog is possible that may be around for your morning drive. Now, Wednesday will be hotter for us in the middle 90s. And rain chances this week do not show up until Friday, but will continue into this weekend. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Jeff George. This is the Swamp. Snap back, looking left, throws, intercepted oh. Florida gets the stop. The orange and blue return to the Swamp to face McNeese State. 15-10 to the house, touchdown, Gators! Kickoff is set for 7.30 Eastern, 6.30 Central, with pregame coverage beginning at 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, right here on your home for Florida Gators football. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. This is Kevin Cash of the Tampa Bay Rays, and you're listening to Gainesville's only home for Rays baseball. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF, and online at WRUF.com. Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Silverback Concrete knows you only have one chance to make a building that holds up to the highest standard, and that's why they're the number one choice. You stand on it, we stand by it. Silverback Concrete's got your back. We got your back. So does Seth, producing today. Call us up, 392-8255. You can email us, russell at wruf.com. As you can imagine, with the Gator QB here, we have lots to go through here, so let's get to them. Um, Lee says Napier has to figure out how to win now with the players he has. We can get to doing it his way. Going to have to be more aggressive in the portal, more aggressive in game. The idea that we have a blueprint, we don't sway from that is great unless you're going five and seven. Billy seems to have mastered how to run a program except for the three hours during the game. Want to see him succeed, but ask much champ how stubbornness and sticking to the blueprint worked out. Auburn wasn't patient. They kept getting rid of guys, so they got their dude. I have no problem with that philosophy here. Of getting rid of people? That's yeah. the philosophy he's talking about? Well, I think just, in other words, get it right. Yeah. Well, we want it right, no yep. doubt. Uh, okay, now, i got a bunch of these to get to. The, Colonel Tom says, I'm convinced we need a full-time offensive coordinator. <laughs> I think Napier could do a ton of quality control and less the number of mistakes if he didn't have to focus on the next play. It's not a panacea. I think it would help all around. That's it. Well, don't agree. Travis, I'm curious what Shane and you think about how slow the plays were called both on offense and defense. It seemed like our players were waiting on the play call. That, that, that is a fact. Uh, it drives me nuts, too. Larry says, two offensive line coaches, no special team on field coach. There is. Whether we need a separate offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. Uh, I, I don't buy into the offensive coordinator thing unless you're going to change. I mean, we just need to be more aggressive early in the game. That I think if we come out firing, it will help us offensively. Adrian, for you, Shane, uh, I don't expect you to agree with me at this time, 
But in my mind, or my mind's made up, Billy's not the answer as offensive coordinator. Based on what you know about him, his personality, and maybe a lot of his pride, do you see him capable of having two years of data on himself, doing an honest self-assessment, and firing himself, and hiring an OC? Or will he basically go down with the proverbial ship? Uh, I'm sure they've self-scouted, and I mean, I, I, got, I assume everybody does that. But I will tell you this. It ain't gonna, if he's going to hire an offensive coordinator, it ain't happening this year. There's nobody on the staff that can call plays. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Steve? I would agree with that. Unless there's somebody that we don't know about. but Unless no. there's some analyst that has called plays at some high school or something. <laughs> I mean, there's nobody. No. Ellison Lake City, uh, since Shane's had experience in the pros as an OC, was wondering if he has any aspirations of becoming an OC for the Gators anytime soon. UF could certainly use him. No, I, they ain't got enough money for me, Steve. <laughs> Not in today's college football. <laughs> I always wanted to be a college football coach, and I really thought I'd have a chance to coach with Coach Spurrier when I was done playing, but I played too long. And um, in today's world, they ain't got enough money. Yeah. Because I don't want to recruit. I don't want to deal with NIL. Now, if they could say, hey, you can go here and just call plays, I'll sign up in a heartbeat, but I'm not doing any of the other stuff. Uh, Mike says, everything I read here or watch is about how bad the Gator football team is, especially Napier and the staff. A once proud program's deteriorated to being the butt of jokes. Everyone that's responsible for the state of the program from Strickland, UF president, millionaire bull Gators, and Gator boosters have done a horrible job of running and monitoring the football program. Fans have done their part by filling most of the stadium and loudly cheering on the team. UAA needs dynamic, progressive leadership from a new AD. If Napier continues to stick to a conservative offense that didn't work for Zook, Muschamp, McElwain, he needs to be replaced too. Enough is enough. Let's get to Greg. Greg, hello. Hey, Steve. Appreciate your show. Thanks for all the hard work y'all doing, Shane. I wanted to ask you a question. Um, just the idea of having an OC for the Florida Gator offense, I totally agree with it. I know the guy coaches up in the box. Uh, you know, I understand that concept. I played high school football, nothing like college, I know. But still, I think they need an OC up in the box. <clears throat> you know, you see all these shots during the Clemson game and during the LSU game and Florida State game with people up in the box. And just wonder, Shane, if you could speak to what you can see now that you're, uh, you know, our new analyst and doing a great job up in the box for the Gator Sports Radio. I was wondering what you thought of that. Maybe you could elaborate on what you can see up in the box versus what you cannot see on the ground as far as tendencies and stuff. And I'll listen off air and go Gators. Okay, thank yeah, you, Greg. That's a good question. I'm not in the box with the coaches, but we have plenty of coaches in the coaches' box up top. But, yes, you can see like you would not believe up top. I mean, that's I, I still to this day cannot believe how great a play caller Steve Spurrier was. Now, he, he had coaches up there – saying, hey, coach, when we get in this formation, they're doing this, you know, but he called the game so well from the, from the, field. From the field sideline. Yeah. yeah, Up in the box, you can see it all. And um, I don't know who's up there from an offensive standpoint to talk to Billy Napier, uh, but it's just, I mean, he's getting help from up there. Maybe, maybe they need better help. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Brett says, I like to play at the defense, concerned about their standing around for the call from the sideline. Look at running on the stadium against Tennessee if this repeats. Yeah, I you know, we did that a lot last year. I thought uh we did it too much against Utah as well. Um I thought for the most part the defense played pretty well. They had some few busted coverages. The first play of the game was just a poor play by Moten. You know, when you're the single high safety, you you're told at Pop Warner, do not let a post be thrown. 
You know, and I had people texting me about Jason Marshall Jr. I'm like, no, he did his job. He forced the guy inside where his help is. Correct. You know, I think people just, they, they don't understand that you have help in certain situations. But uh, I can't even remember. The, I think he was talking about getting calls in. Is that yeah. what he was talking about? Yes. Yeah, we do need to get them called in much quicker. Kevin says, do you think UF has the Jimmys and Joes to run an up-tempo offense? Absolutely, they do. Uh, let's see. BB says. I mean, Steve, before you read that. Yeah. I mean, we saw – Did I, I saw receivers making plays the other night. Mm-hmm. And number three, Trey Wilson, who was number 21, whether or not that screwed us up on the punt return, that dude needs the ball thrown to him or he needs to touch it 10 to 12 times a game. He's that dynamic. And see, that's as, – as play callers and play designers, there, there's certain – NFL does this, college does this, if you have a dynamic guy, you've got to find a way to get him the ball. Mm-hmm. And it, it might not be the traditional, you know, hand – it could be reverse, could be bubbles, whatever it is. But that's where the I think the creative part comes in. Find – you know, move him around. Move him around formationally so the defense look confused. But find ways to get guys like that the ball. Yeah, we ran a reverse with him, and we got a couple of screens to him and, and hit him downfield a couple of times. He, he's a dynamic playmaker. I mean, we ran a jet sweep one time, Steve, from about our 18-yard line to the left with ETN, and he would still be running. He'd be in Provo right now. But Austin Barber, the left tackle, didn't look inside, and his guy – made the tackle for about a six-yard gain. If he blocks him, I mean, there was nobody out there. It's just the little things, and that's a physical thing that can get corrected. It's the it's the pre-snap stuff that really hurt us in this football game. BB says, Shane, what would you all get to see and do in Utah? Any plans to play them again? I don't think so. No, I, uh, I, I did not fly with the team because I was not going to be on the return flight, so they had to use that seat. Uh, I, didn't, I was there from Tuesday to Monday, Steve. Uh, I went with a group of guys that went to the game, and then a buddy of ours has a house up in Park City at the Promontory Golf Club, and uh, it's different living out there at the Promontory Golf Club, boy. It was a phenomenal two golf courses wow. that you know overlook Deer Valley and Park City slopes and the Olympic slopes, and wow, yeah, it was fun. Nice uh, thoughts on the XFL? Will it return? Plan to coach again? If so, yes, yes, we'll start back up in January. Uh, I think we can be historical defense like the 85-86 Bears and the Legion of Boom. Some are saying the Saints might win the division, which surprised me. It's kind of a weak division, though. I think the Saints are going to – is he talking – I guess he's talking about the NFC yeah, South. Oh, they're, they're going to run through the South. Uh, the Saints are good this year, very good. You think? Oh, their defense is nasty, and I think David Carr is going to have a great year. Okay. And then uh, before our break, Todd says, Wilson's fast. He needs to be implemented like Harvin was. Can you please offer insight to what the bunch formation uh, players between the hash marks is trying to accomplish? I think that clogs running lanes. No, bunch formations are one of my favorite. It, it, it really causes confusion for the defense. Now, in the run game, maybe. Uh, but it, it's, it's, it's hard to stop bunch formations for a defense. And once lined up, don't they have the ability to survey the defense, change the play, especially when we're running and the box is obviously stacked. Yes, and the first play of the game, uh, they came with an all-out blitz, cover zero, and Merch checked to it and hit about an eight-yard completion, even though we didn't have great protection. Um, yes, I I don't know what their checks are in the run game, um, but 
yeah, we need to get out of them if there's too many in the box. And I'm just going to say this. I think a, a lot of what you all have brought up, a lot of what Shane is talking about is really appropriate. But one thing you have to remember, the other dudes get paid too. <laughs> right. Okay? They coach. And Kyle Whittingham is a hell of a defensive coach. So you weren't playing, you know, some scrub team. You were playing, you mentioned, a solid team that remembered that last year was their worst defensive game, according to Whittingham, Florida. You know, it's crazy is because, you know, I went back and watched the game last year, and I'm like, Utah just does what they do. Yes. You know, they, they line up and they play about two coverages, and they play a lot of man, put a lot of guys in the box, and that's why Anthony had so much success running last year. We just run people off, and there's nobody on the outside. Right. And I was talking to some, some coaches uh, in the hotel, and they're like, we know what how they're going to line up. They are who they are. And you're right. They've missed some guys, but but they're they're a well-coached football team. They haven't won the Pac-12 back-to-back years for no reason. 1246 Time Check brought to you by Hayes Chillery. More with the Gator QB. Your questions, calls, and comments. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Victoria Alves. Tonight in the MLB, the Tampa Bay Rays will be looking to bounce back against the Boston Red Sox after falling 7-3 during their first matchup. Live coverage of the game will begin right here at 6 o'clock. High school volleyball is back in action with Chieflin taking on Trenton and Dixie County taking on Taylor County tonight. Next up on Thursday night, the Gators volleyball team will host the Gator Invitational. Florida will be looking to maintain their undefeated record as they take on Sacramento State for the first matchup. And finally, former Gator tennis star Ben Shelton will continue in the U.S. Open after defeating 14th-ranked Tommy Paul to reach the quarterfinals. Shelton takes on Francis Tiafo tonight at 8.15. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Victoria Alves. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. You know, folks, purchasing a vehicle is a big deal. A lot of money, and you want to purchase something you like that you want to have last a long time. Well, the people at Southeast Car Agency know that. And the Cousins family who's run that business for 40-plus years understands the purchase is important. That's why they never try to hard sell you. They work with you to make sure you get the vehicle you want at the price that you want to pay. And that's why they have a wide, wide selection of vehicles to choose from when you go see them in person at Northeast 39th Avenue in Gainesville. Now, remember, if you want a new vehicle, this is not the place to go. They don't have any of those. They have specialized for over 40 years in having the best and late model low mileage vehicles. You can also check them out online, secars.com. You can see all the vehicles there when you go see them in person. Test drive them and check them out for yourself. When you go see them in person, though, make sure and tell them Sports Scene sent you to the good people at Southeast Car Agency. Diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. I'm not exaggerating when I say this. QC Kinetics can change your life. 
You can live again without that chronic joint pain and without drugs or surgery. Hi, it's Steve Russell. QC Connects is advanced regenerative medicine. They take your body's own concentrated healing properties and put them right into your joint to restore and repair that damaged tissue that's causing all that horrible pain. The patient satisfaction reports are astonishing. Finally, a real alternative to the old ways of dealing with pain. And unlike surgery, no downtime with QC treatments. If you have constant pain in your knees, hip, shoulder, or back, you need to call and get a free consultation from the medical professionals at QC Kinetics today. Imagine this fall, moving around pain-free, doing the things you love again, like walking, hiking, and playing with grandkids. Call QC Kinetics and see how the latest advances in precision regenerative medicine can attack your pain and bring you lasting relief. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages, 352-400-4550, QC, Kinetics. NFL opening night is coming, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is hooking new customers up with a can't-miss offer. Place your first $5 NFL bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. New customers download the Draft. DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code Rome R-O-M-E, to get 200 bucks in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5. That's code Rome only on DraftKings Sportsbook. You do have to be present in a state where it's lawful to wager. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario cdkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions to apply hey bill is that a new car nah it's my same ride i just got the dings taken out and repainted i got it done at mako in gainesville wow looks sharp i thought it was a new car honestly i was shocked at how good it looks i'd recommend mako of gainesville to anyone give your car a brand new look take it to mako in gainesville excellent service and a fast turnaround on quality warranty work with 0% financing available. Visit MAACOGainesville.com or call 352-371-4251. Mako of Gainesville on Main Street. Are you busy with work, family, and after-school activities? Give your kitchen the night off and let Miapa do the cooking for you. With scrumptious comfort food and a variety of family meals for all sizes and palates, everyone is picking up dinner from Miapa. Stop by the Jonesville location or the Alachua and Gainesville staples. Order ahead at www.miapalatincafe.com and pick up from any one of their three locations or drive through for your meal at the Jonesville and Gainesville locations. Miapa Latin Cafe, home of the best family meals for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And don't forget about their award-winning coffee that's always made with Cuban love and available from sunrise to late night. No radio access? Don't worry. We have you covered. Listen to Gators play-by-play anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. We are ESPN 98.1 FM 850 AM WRUF. This is EJ Jarvis and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98, 1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. At Titan MRI, no insurance is no problem. And Titan MRI has same-day scheduling available. Call them up, start feeling better today. That's TitanMRI.com. Alongside the Gator QB, Shane Matthews, our producer extraordinaire, Seth Harp, today. I'm Steve Russell. Let's get, get back to our Clear Sound audiology phone line. Andrew, hello. Yeah, I got a question. I was wondering with the Clemson loss last night and um, 
schedule is getting tougher. And uh, do you think that uh, people are overreacting and that uh, teams are going to lose a lot more than they used to? And maybe the days of undefeated teams are kind of over, maybe? Or do you think that it'll change, it won't change that much in the coming future? Well, I, I think the, the, the best teams, the Ohio States, the Michigans, uh, Georgia, Alabama. You may throw FSU in there now because I thought Clemson would win the ACC, but after what I saw. Now, again, a lot of self-inflicted issues for, for Clemson last night. Um, those teams are, are the best teams that I've seen. I, I still think you're going to have at least three teams go undefeated. Okay. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, Tony, welcome to the show. Yeah, how's it going, guys? Yeah, man, I, I hate to say it, but I think FSU is going to be one of those teams after what we saw yesterday. Um, hey, Shaners, man, it sounds like you did it right at uh, Utah, man. Good for you, man. Great time. Uh, question. My question is this, and you can't say both, Shane. You cannot say both. <laughs> which part, all right, which part of the offense, the run game or the throw game, is most effective or most neutralized, better yet, by a poor very poor offensive line. Uh, I would, I would, if I had a poor offensive line, I'm staying away from the run game because I feel like if you have yeah. a quarterback that understands where to go and how to get rid of the football, uh, he can kind of help that offensive line. And that's why, I mean, you know, everybody talks about the garbage yardage or whatever towards the end of the game. I get it. But they played the same exact damn coverages the entire game, even when they were up by 20, uh, 21 points. They didn't change. Um, and I, I think Graham can handle all that. But if you, if you, if we're keep, if the game is close and we're throwing in his stuff, I feel like that alleviates the pass rush sometimes. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're down 21 7, they know you're going to drop back and throw it every down. So they're going to have their, their, you know, ears pinned ears back, pinned back yep. and coming after you. But I, I would, I would lean on the pass plays because again, yeah, I, people are, people, we threw five or six wide receiver screens like every team in America does. And we're pretty good at it. Get the ball in space. That is a outside, pretty much a sweep in my mind. That's a sweep. That's a run play. Okay. Correct, man. I think that um, the run game is going to be neutralized somewhat because of that O-line. I think the only chance we have is for Billy to adjust his style, get out of that 12 personnel, spread it out a little bit, go to some playmakers on the outside with Trey, Taylor Douglas, Ricky Pearsall, and I think we might have a shot. But if he tries to run it up into big stacked up boxes with this offensive line, it ain't going to work, man. I don't care what Johnson and SEM did last year, so it's not going to work, guys. Yep. All right, take care, boys. Thank I you, agree. Tony. He, he brings up a good point about 12 personnel. We, we, we played more 11 personnel than, than we have in the past, but when you're down 21-7, hell, let's go 10 personnel. Give me four wideouts. Yeah. Uh, Chris, welcome to the show. Chris, go ahead. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yep. Uh, can you hear me? Gotcha. Okay, I'm calling off from way down at the bottom here in Miami, and trust me, I'm catching a lot of hell for for the Gators right about now. But uh, I can tell you, Shane, first of all, I wanted to tell you, you were from my era. I loved you when you were QB with Steve. It was all about uh, finding the best guy on the team, letting him play. That was you, and you exploded onto the scene, and I loved you for it. So thank you for that. Um as far as uh, this team goes, I've just got just 
terrible, terrible analysis here. I, I think, first and foremost, I think Mertz was serviceable. He was okay. He wasn't great, but you could live with what he did. I think the offensive line is the root of all evil on this team right now because they're very bad. They're undisciplined. They don't pass block. They don't run block. And it's it destroys an entire offense when your offensive line. I don't care who you got back there. If your offensive line is bad, you're not going to be able to pass well. You're not going to be able to run well. I agree you need to get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. I don't know what they were thinking about not getting these guys the ball more often uh, in space, uh, draws, sprints, jet sweeps, wide receiver screens, whatever it is. I don't see a whole heck of a lot of that. And I think the defense was serviceable. You know, they gave up seven points in the second half. I know Utah wasn't going full bore at it, but I think they did decent. They protected when Utah had good field position, didn't give up terrible scores. One of their score was because they had an interception on R11. So I can understand that. So I give the defense at least a little bit of a pass. The question is, is this coaching staff going to self-scout? Are they going to make the changes that are necessary is it a pride thing, or is it something where they can say, this is what's wrong, and we're going to change it? Do you think they can do that? Well, I hope so. I think Billy's a pretty smart guy. I think he uh, – I hope they self-scout. I think uh, you may realize, you know, you want to run the football, but you're a better football team throwing it. Um, we did throw a bunch of screens the other night, which is pretty much an outside zone run for us. Uh I thought in the second half I had no problem with what we did offensively. I just wish we would have done a little faster. Because um, I think we this team throws and catches very well. Okay, Chris, thank you for your call. Uh, let's see, Stephen says, will Florida start preparing for Tennessee this week in any way? Yes, I would imagine. Yeah, so. a little bit. Uh, they'll be preparing for Tennessee without the players knowing it. <laughs> yep. Joe says, uh, Shane, too much motion. Was there too much motion and shifting before the snap? When we were down 13, the clock was running. Gators in the red zone. Clock was running down. No timeout was called from the sideline. I was screaming at the TV for a timeout. Yeah, the third. That, that yeah, that that timeout should have been used. You know, I'm all for motions and shifts at certain parts of the game, but we do a, we do them quite a bit. Probably a little too much at times. Hour two coming up with the Gator QB and yours truly. Call us up. Talk a little sports. ESPN 98.1 FM 850 AM WRUF. WRUF Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Hi, this is Dr. Art Mowry of Exceptional Dentistry. Listen to what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. Oh, they're just nice people. It's not a bad, bad trip to the dentist like it was when I was younger. You know, that was a horrible thing, and, and now it's it's in and there are nice people there. They talk to you. They don't hurt you. <laughs> this is fairly important to me. Yeah. Well, and you look forward to coming here. It's not yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm going to the dentist. It's okay. We're going in to see everybody in exceptional dentistry. It sounds silly, but it makes a difference in the way you look and feel about things. So it's not just coming to the dentist. It's we being... come see our friends. Exactly. They're the best. That's it. This is Dr. Kim Mowry, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. 
The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes, and you administer insulin three or more times per day, or use an insulin pump, you might be eligible for a CGM through your insurance benefits. U.S. Med partners with over 500 private insurance companies and Medicare. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill your insurance. Call us today for a free benefits check. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. The NFL is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for week one. New customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5 on any NFL game. Plus, all customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day in September. New customers, make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the code PATRICK, and take home $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code PATRICK, only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome into Hour 2 of Sports Scene. The Gator QB, Shane Matthews, alongside now. Normally, Shane will be here on Mondays. And normally, we'd have inside the huddle today. But because Coach Spurrier, uh, very happy, I'm sure, went to the Duke game last night. Watch this Dukies beat Clemson. We'll have Inside the Huddle tomorrow at 11 a.m. as we'll get you ready uh, for the weekend's college football. In the meantime, with Seth Hart producing, call us up, talk a little sports, 392-8255. You may email as well, srussell at wruf.com. Kenny says, I think Napier is fine as the OC. Many others do it. Use the quarterback coach in the box to get perspective. Clearly Napier got the point across to the offensive line. There's work to be done, even with the great backs they have to do their job. Loading the box begs a team to throw. Spurrier always great in taking what they gave him. Have some cleanup to do prior to the snap will be fine. Thought the defense was hands down better. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, like I said, it, it, it happened, so you can't take it away. But if you take away all the silliness that happened in this game, it wasn't great, but it wasn't as bad as you think. And I just we, – we just – we put ourselves behind the eight ball, and we, we, we shouldn't have done that. It, there's nothing you can do about it now. Hopefully we'll live, learn, and correct it and move forward. And you'll beat McNeese State like a drum, but got to have got to beat Tennessee. There's no other way around it. Uh, let's see. Daniel says, the Utah, Utah circled this game. They're good. Won't flash, but they're very well coached. This wasn't Valdosta State. The Gators played. Give them credit. Lee says, best thing he heard all weekend. Deion Sanders told his team, we ain't got tomorrow. We got right now. 
for 18 and 21 year old kids 90 percent of them this is their last chance playing football the responsibility is on the coach to win right now not build a program for five years from now if i hired an employee and they told me i'm going to be bad at this for two to three years i wouldn't hire them i mean you can look at it that way too but uh you know, I think in football, you got to really build your pro- – our program was really messed up. I think Billy's done a good job rebuilding it, but we got to win games. Well, let me ask this question then, since he brings this up, okay? TCU, let's use them as an example. Great for the program last year to get to the championship game. Mm-hmm. So as a fan, if I said to you, okay, you're going to have one great year with a quarterback that was, what, the runner-up in the Heisman, mm-hmm. right, in Duggan, but the next two years, you're going to be six and six. You okay with that? Are you okay with that? Because what, what you're saying, if you are, is I'll take the right now. I'll take the chance to play for something big once every two, three, four years. And the other, I'm okay with the years being, because that's about what he's saying. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> uh, let us know what you think. Uh James says, I'd like to know on the new time rules for college football, you know they're going to change the running clock after first downs. I had no idea it was also out of, out of bounds plays. Yeah, I absolutely hate it. I love Chip Kelly's comments. Yes. I don't know if you yeah. saw it. Yeah, I did. He <laughs> only had four possessions in the first half, and he told the, the young lady, I hope you all are selling a bunch of commercials. Yeah. It's, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Joseph says, I understand everybody calls games differently, but don't most coaches have experience setting up plays? I know situational play calling is necessary. However, the offense and defense are both waiting in a substantial amount of time for the player scheme to run. I think the team should be receiving the call soon after the previous play is called down. That's my opinion. The biggest problem was their organization. Confidence in your plays and players is more evident. Yeah, I, I think they have a lot of confidence in, in, in the quarterback to run the whole scheme. I just think it, I agree. It needs The plays need to get in quicker, up-tempo, keep the defense on their heels, and play fast. Uh, CJ, I'm not sure what he means by this. How about we challenge Colorado to a spelling bee contest and see who wins? I don't know what that means. Um, All right, I'm done, I think, except for two emails. So talk to the Gator QB. I know that because the game was on a Thursday, and it's just a shame you're not playing somebody recognizable this week. I mean, it take nothing away from McNeese. They, they go out there and they try. <laughs> and I understand why you're scheduling this game before you play Tennessee. It's a feel-good game. You know, maybe a lot of guys get a chance to play. You feel good about things when you go play Tennessee. But I, I don't know what this game does. No, just it gets you a win. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I – I would like to see how maybe we implement fast tempo. I don't know. This is a good time to practice it. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're going to. And, again, this is just me. That This is my philosophy. It, I have no uh, knowledge of them doing that. I just feel like this team can do it and would be pretty good at it. Let's, let's take a for instance, Shane. You look at the Gators' schedule this year. It's challenging. Next year is tough. Next year is harder, isn't it? Yeah, well, I have a theory on that, okay? Yes, it's harder in the sense you're not playing, with all respect, McNeese or Charlotte. 
you're playing Miami, you're playing UCF, right? But let's be real here. If you're telling me Florida can't beat those teams, serious trouble. Well, that's that's why I had an eight-game eight win prediction this year because I look at Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. I feel like we should beat those teams. I thought we would beat Utah. I, I felt so good going into this game, yeah, Steve. Yeah, I, I didn't. Well, I still think if we started throwing the ball <laughs> and not running into a, a brick wall, we'd have a chance. And I, I didn't think we'd do all the dumb stuff we did. Yeah, I had no idea of that. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, look at, I look at schedules, and, you know, I, I firmly believe Georgia's a really good football team. I don't think they're as good as they've been because I, I'm a big Stetson Bennett guy. I think he does things you can't not teach. And I'm not sold on Mike Bobo either. Yes. Um, and Carson Beck may be great. I didn't see him play it one snap. Started slow, better late. Yeah. So so we'll see. It's a long year. Um, but I, I'm, I'm with you, Steve. Tennessee is as big a game as we've had in a long, long time. Yeah, because if you don't win that game, you're against – now, granted, you will have played two ranked teams. And losing two ranked teams is not – now, in 1992, we started the year one and two. Yep. And won the SEC East. Yep. So, and it's, you don't just throw in the towel. No. You got to keep, keep playing ball. No, but it puts you yeah, behind it, the eight ball. No, no question. And, and, and I think then it becomes what's the confidence level, you know, what happens. I watched Kentucky the other day, and Leary struggled. Yeah. He clearly struggled. Well, here, here's what I like to tell everybody. And and I, I, I've met Graham Mertz one time. I've just watched him in practice about five or six times, and I, I watched him because I knew that was what everybody wanted to talk about. And I said, and Coach may not agree with me here, but I, I this is my opinion. He looks like a guy that would play for him. Smart, accurate, knows where to go with the football, anticipates well. And I'm like, we're going to throw the ball really well. That's That's what my thought was going into Utah. And I still thought we threw it well in that game. I just think we need to throw it more. But one of the reasons I'm bringing that up is because everybody was so down on him around the country, and even Gator fans. But like you said, Leary didn't play great. Spencer Rattler. he Running for his life. Yeah, I mean, he put up good numbers as well. So I said before the season started, Mertz will be at the topper tier in passing, in my opinion, when it's all said and done at the end of the year. And I guess the other question that begs here is – what I'm, I'm really anxious to see. Because, look, you know this, Shane. Sometimes a defensive coordinator, we run a 4-3 or we run a 3-4 or we run a, you know, whatever. Well, sometimes you have to change that based on who you play, what they do. I'm so anxious to see what Tennessee does on the defensive side of the ball. Because will they take the blueprint mm-hmm. of Utah and say to Florida, you ain't going to beat us running the ball. So, Billy Napier, I know you like to run the ball. We're going to force you to throw the ball 40 times. Well, I, I would love – I hope they do that because I feel like we got a huge advantage there. You know, I was – I was. Um, I didn't – I need to go back and watch how our defense played, Steve. I, I thought Princely didn't really show up in this game. But Utah took him out. I mean, Utah put him in pass coverage a lot of times. And it's the same thing with LSU. I saw a stat where Harold Perkins, 
was in pass coverage like 29 snaps and only rushed a passer like six times the entire game. I mean, that dude can get after the quarterback. Yeah. But they had him dropping for some reason. Well, so. and again, is that is that credit to the offensive staff right. for making him do that? Is that lack of adjustment on LSU's defensive staff for not putting a guy who can get to the quarterback in mm-hmm. that position? That's what makes the game so great. One thirteen time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery. Call us up. We've got some emails to read, but want to hear from you with the Gator QB here today, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Victoria Alves. Tonight in the MLB, the Tampa Bay Rays will be looking to bounce back against the Boston Red Sox after falling 7-3 during their first matchup. Live coverage of the game will begin right here at 6 o'clock. High school volleyball is back in action today with Chiefland taking on Trenton, Dixie County versus Taylor County, and St. Francis plays Eastside. Next up on Thursday night, the Gators volleyball team will host Sacramento State in the Gator Invitational. Also in Gator sports, Gator soccer will continue their three-match road trip to close out the non-conference schedule. They'll travel to North Carolina to take on Charlotte this Thursday. After a draw against Kennesaw State, the Gators lost their clean sheet streak but still remain undefeated and look to maintain it. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Victoria Alves. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM WRUF. Is joint pain, soreness, and achiness getting in the way of your best life? Football legend Emmett Smith refuses to back down to pain. That's why he's a huge advocate for QC Kinetics and their natural approach to getting you relief. Look, we get one trip around, so I wouldn't ever let pain stop me from hanging out with my race team, traveling with my family, or golfing with my friends. Emmett's got it right. And QC Kinetics uses regenerative medicine to relieve that never-ending pain in your knees, hips, shoulders, and back. And the best news, there's nothing foreign being introduced into your body. Just your own body's natural healing properties. No surgery or no downtime. If pain's holding you back, maybe it's tennis, pickleball, running, hiking, or spending time with special people in your life, what are you waiting for? This is precious time. Get out there and get over to QC Kinetics. Call QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. Now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. Attention taxpayers, if you or your business owe the IRS back taxes or have years of unfiled tax returns, the IRS has greenlighted billions of dollars in tax relief to those facing financial hardship through its tax relief initiatives. If you have a delinquent tax problem and possibly facing wage garnishment, liens, levies, audits, or already in a payment plan, you may now qualify for significant relief. Qualifying and enrolling in this program could stop all collections, settle your tax problem, and may even reduce what you owe by a to 99%. Call the hotline at Tax Help USA to see if you qualify and receive your free tax assessment by dialing 800-210-1005. If you or your business owe back taxes to the IRS or state, you can now get the help that you need during these hard economic times. Get your free tax assessment to see what you qualify for by dialing 800-210-1005. 800-210-1005. That's 800-210-1005. Hey, it's Steve Russell for Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries. It's Key Lime Shake season. Try one right now. And try the Herb Chicken Burger, the house-made veggie burger, and my favorite, a Florida-raised beef original Big Dick with hot fries. Open seven days a week. Worthwhile, wholesome, fast food. Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries. Bump, set, spike. We are your home 
for Gator Women's Volleyball. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. It's the Dean of Sports Talk in Gainesville, Steve Russell, on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM, WRUF. Looking for the best pizza in town? Head on over to Leonardo's Millhopper. The pizza and garlic knots are incredible, and we'll have you coming back for more. That's Leonardo's Pizza Millhopper. Make sure to tell them Shane sent you. Speaking of Shane, he's alongside. Let's hear from you on our Clear Sound Audiology phone line. Tad, you're up. How are you? Doing okay. Um, thanks for taking the call. Yeah, I, I kind of wanted to talk about just two things specifically and get Shane's impression on this because. You know, in watching a lot of Steve Spurrier coach theater football teams, it used to happen to that team quite a bit. I think that the delay of game that took place in the first half was a particularly big penalty as they were trying to kind of find their footing. Or you may recall it might have been the fourth or fifth possession. It was like a, a second and seven, and that set us back, and we, we didn't recover on that one. But we had a little momentum going on that drive. And, um, you know, I, I don't know your impressions on that one, Shane. He's like, it's like, you see it so much now where the coaches are actually calling that timeout, and it kind of lends itself to some of the things that y'all were talking about, just maybe some of the organization wasn't as, as tight as it should have been. Um, and then I have a second part. It, but, Shane, anything on that or like, nah, Ted, that's just the way it is sometimes, and you're going to get a delay a game. No, I thought that was a critical part in the game, and, and we probably should have taken a timeout. I, I will say this, uh, in the Spurrier days um, – we didn't really worry about if we got a delay game because we knew we could overcome it. <laughs> I, I was thinking to say it didn't matter. It's like that's cool. We just didn't got to beef up our statistics a little bit. Or, more. or I you know, it, I, if I remember correctly, that was inside the red zone, inside the twenty was, when they got that. Sometimes when you move backwards, it gave us more room to operate and easier throws. So, but but throwing and catching for us we, was. I don't want to say easy, but it's something that that was our main priority. Bread and butter there. Yeah. 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 So the other part to this was, man, and it was just frustrating. Seeing in that fourth quarter when we needed to make up ground and consistently seeing that play clock go under 10 seconds, several times where it went under seven, one time where it went under five seconds. Can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, that was was painful to watch. You're talking about just the slow getting plays off? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, numerous times under yeah under ten seconds. I I, seven, I don't seven, seven, seven. I, I don't know I, I don't know their theory on that or why that happens. Sometimes you want to look at a defense, try to get a really good play call, uh, but I, I I just think the quarterback's very smart, and I, I I would like to see them go up tempo. That means you have to go like blazing fast. But let's just look, get moving, get staying eleven personnel. Let's go ten personnel a little bit, and let's go. Let's, let's just yeah. you know intermediate twelve yard curls dig routes smashes yeah. and you know then turn around run the draw or the the inside zone and then take a shot you know things like that we got it we just I feel like this team has enough weapons that we need to utilize them okay thank you Ted appreciate your phone call Dick welcome to sports scene hey guys how you doing hey Shane how you doing hey um watch the game your day I'm just I'm just wondering you know, what the way college football is going with the transfer portal and stuff like that. You know, you watch the the the, the Florida State game and Keon Coleman and, and Jayhan Bell from South Carolina, and they looked explosive. They have, you know, guys are going to be first-round picks, 21, 22 years old. You know, do you think 
is Florida going to give Napier enough time with these young guys? Because you know how it is in college football. You know, you being a player, to have an 18-year-old freshman who's a really phenomenal player is one thing, but to go up against 21, 22-year-olds, that's a huge adjustment. Um, are they going to give them time to do it this way? Because I think people are just going to – I think Mike Norvell personally is putting the new, new playbook out there, just have one-year seasons and just you have a bunch of transfer portal guys, almost like John Calipari does in basketball. Those guys come out, you bring another batch in. Because, uh, you know, pay fans and administrations get impatient. What do you, what do you think? And, and my, my second question is, do you think Napier, you know, Mark Rick, I think eventually had to give it up. Jimbo Fisher gave it up this year for Bobby Petrino. Do you think he can do the head, coach, head coaching position and call the plays at a place like University of Florida in the SEC? I think he can. I just think he's got to be more aggressive. Uh, you know, time will tell. Uh, about the transfer portal, let's not forget uh, the Seminole folks were ready to run Mike Norvell out of town. This is year four. Uh, I saw where 17 of their 22 starters are all up from the transfer portal. So you're right. Oh, they, yeah. they've, they've, that's the route yeah. they've gone. Uh, the Bell kid from South Carolina is a really good player, but the player that's made them a team that I didn't realize how good they could be is Keon Colvin. He is legit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Quarterback yeah. ain't okay. bad either. He's, he, you know, he's, yeah. a re- <laughs> he, he's a competitor – and a really good athlete that makes plays. Yes. And he made some dumb plays the yep. other day, which yep. which was crazy. Yep. Uh, but he's I, almost I, undefensible, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Jordan Travis, he's so elusive. I, 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 I swear that, you know, probably six or seven times, the average quarterback would have gotten sacked in some of those plays here tonight. Well, that, and, he, uh, he's, he's extremely guy. athletic, but he does watch. If you watch him when he makes a lot of those good runs, he watches the rush. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, that's not a good thing as your quarterback, but it's, it, it works for him. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Okay, Dick, thank you. Uh, this was brought up yesterday, Shane, um, and he's partly right. Florida State has, in part, has had their turnaround because, you know, it's one thing to say we're going to the transfer portal, but how well do those players play yeah. out of the portal, Okay. If I said to you, Ricky Pearsall is arguably the best player Florida's gotten out of the portal. Arguably. Or Montreal Johnson. Or Montreal Johnson. Okay. But how many of them are there? In other words, does Florida line up with about 10 guys out of the portal that you go, wow? No. At this point, the answer is no. Florida State does have a top 10 recruiting class in 2024. So he's not totally going portal, right? He's trying to build that way too. But he also understood, I think, look, if I want a job, I got to get better now. I can't wait to go get you know, freshmen to develop. And I think that's a nuance in coaching now that I think they're going to have to look at. That How do I balance doing what Napier is doing with a really good recruiting class in 24, but then going to the portal to get those difference makers that help you now. Yeah, and Florida State's done it. I mean, yes. you know, they, they added the Bell kid who played tight end and tailback at South Carolina, really good player out of Lake City, but he's a legit player. And then I, I was not familiar with Keon Coleman, but after watching him and the other verse. night. Yeah, that dude played at Augustana or somewhere. I mean, think about that. Yeah. I don't that's like Division Three football. 
Um, so, yeah, they've built their, their team this year, uh, all portal guys. And, I mean, they're a good football team. They're fast. They look like the old Florida State in my mind. Uh, 3928255, you can email srussell at wruf.com. Chris says, people need to relax. Napier's not going anywhere anytime soon. This was one game against a very good opponent with a very young team away. After the Utah game last year, Napier was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Better to have this game in the beginning of the season where these things can be fixed and all the issues can be fixed. Let him coach. He'll be judged in totality of the season. Quit whining. His offense scored plenty on most teams last year. Yeah, that, that is true. They, were, they scored a lot of points last year. Um, you know, we'll see. It's a long season. Long season. Let's get to uh, Dakota's call. Dakota, hello. Hey, guys. Uh, just started listening to the show about 20 minutes ago. I'm actually in my backyard tearing the back end of a tractor out listening to y'all's show. Wow. I thought I'd take a break to call in. Um, I got two questions for y'all. First of all, I wanted to ask your opinion about the uh, play clock running until the last two minutes. What do y'all think about that? And the second question is, this is for both of y'all. The second question is, what in the game that y'all saw uh, the other day is y'all's biggest concern that's got to be cleaned up or you got to change? For me, personally, for me, it was one of 13 on third downs because you can play a bad team and you're not going to win games that way. But uh, I, what what do y'all what was the biggest thing that stood out to y'all? Well, that stat, as you just mentioned, is not good. Uh, but a lot of that is because of what we did on first and second down, trying to run with more dudes than we can block. Uh, that's why I've been preaching with this quarterback and these wide receivers, We need to. I feel like we need to throw the ball first. Um, that doesn't mean throw it every down, but come out on first down, second down, you know, 12-yard curls, digs, high percentage, intermediate stuff. And now you're, you are you put yourself in those third and ones, which I think we had four of them, but then we jumped all sides. So now you're third and six or seven, and you had the fourth and one that we moved on. So uh, third downs are but, – but, but third down issues are due to your first and second down problems. Dakota, I'm going to answer this way. I think from an offensive standpoint – it all starts with the offensive line. And okay. I, here's the bright spot. Shane mentioned it, right? Quarterback threw for, what, 330 yards. So, obviously, yeah. you know, they did something right, and he was able to do that. They didn't run block very well, but that's, again, because Utah de- defensively said, we're not going to allow you to run. You're going to have to beat us throwing the football. And if you throw the football 44 times, Right, you're going to have some sacks. I don't care if you're in the NFL; you're going to get some sacks. But that is where I think the biggest improvement on the field needs to be made is the play. I'm not going to single out names. I had heard that one of the transfers on the offensive line had trouble pass blocking. That particular guy did have trouble pass blocking the other day. So that's where I want to see the most improvement. And the other thing is the the dumb mistakes yes before the balls even snapped yep can't have that yep um how about the uh clock running how do y'all like that i hate it i'm not a big fan of it it? either i'm not a big fan look i I said this on the air yesterday dakota baseball responded to its fan base by shortening games you know doing the pitch clock all of that um maybe i my ear was not to the ground I didn't hear fans 
complain no. about the length of the game. It was watching a game. And that's due to commercials. Because of commercials, right? Right. So you get what you pay for here, and that's what you're seeing. Because everybody knows college football is the greatest sport in the world because you get to come back to your alma mater. You know you're going to get there three hours before the game. You're going to tailgate, hang out with buddies, people you went to college with, see them once a year. You're going to go to the game. Then you're going to go back and tailgate again. So you know it's going to be a long day. You're right. It's the people on TV, and it's the people with the commercials, and CBS is the worst. Dakota, thank you. Thank you. you. I appreciate it. Shane, you need to be an offensive coordinator or something on some college team somewhere. I appreciate it, buddy. Okay, Dakota, thanks for taking a break to listen to us. 1.30, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Final half hour, still time to hear from you. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. From the College of Journalism and Communications, ESPN, 98.1 FM, and 850 AM, WRUF. The diamond buying opportunity of the year is happening this weekend at International Diamond Center. It's IDC's three-day bridal event where you can buy like a dealer buys. Rare, precious GIA certified diamonds, all shapes, all sizes, all at rock bottom prices. Rounds, ovals, princess cuts, cushion cuts, emerald cuts, all natural, perfectly cut diamonds. Certified by the most prestigious gem labs in the world. Get the best prices of the year and take advantage of 36 months zero interest financing on any purchase. And for this event, you can match that diamond with a perfect ring from Takori or Viraggio. Both world-class designers are flying in their entire collections for this. Come join us as we open the IDC vault and showcase the largest selection of diamonds you've ever seen in one place at prices you never thought possible and get three years zero interest financing. It's this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday exclusively at International Diamond Center at Celebration Point on approved credit. Feel your fun this season with help from Polaris of Gainesville. The all-new redesigned Razor lineup will get your adrenaline pumping as you shred the trails. Not looking to shred the trails, but looking for adventure? The new Polaris Expedition is the side-by-side for you. It's got custom cab options, which includes air conditioning. The Expedition will take you deep into the backcountry with the longest range with a sporty, comfortable package. Looking for the ultimate working side-by-side? Polaris of Gainesville has one of those for you, too. The all-new Ranger 1500 HD is built to tow 3,500 pounds and 1,500-pound bed capacity. Thanks to the all-new fully sealed transmission, this takes the heart is working smoothest riding to the next level. Easy finance options available. Now's the time to buy Polaris of Gainesville between Alachua and Gainesville on U.S. Highway 441. Drivers must be at least 16 years old. Follow your owner's manual. All riders should take a safety training course. Visit PolarisofGainesville.com. Hey, Bill, is that a new car? Nah, it's my same ride. I just got the dings taken out and repainted. I got it done at Mako in Gainesville. Wow, looks sharp. I thought it was a new car. Honestly, I was shocked at how good it looks. I'd recommend Mako of Gainesville to anyone. Give your car a brand new look. Take it to Mako in Gainesville. Excellent service and a fast turnaround on quality warrantied work with 0% financing available. Visit MAACOGainesville.com or call 352-371-4251. Mako of Gainesville on Main Street. Nothing's better than taking to Florida's waterways with family and friends. But some boat operators don't realize that bow riding is extremely dangerous. It can lead to tragic accidents if someone falls overboard because of speed or direction changes. Be sure your passengers sit only in manufacturer-designated areas while underway. Their safety is your responsibility. Safe boating is no accident. 
To learn more, visit the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission at myfwc.com. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. It's looking like another rain-free day with fair weather clouds and afternoon highs will get to around 90. Tonight, some patchy fog is possible that may be around for your morning drive. Now, Wednesday will be hotter for us in the middle 90s. And rain chances this week do not show up until Friday, but will continue into this weekend. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Jeff George. It's a bird. It's a plane. The, the, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. Yeah. ACC decided they're bringing in Stanford, Cal, and SMU. This might be a situation where more is actually less for the ACC. Unless you love your Olympic sports, I wouldn't have as much use for Stanford and Cal. It does go back to this game of geography. That's what this is about. It's about geography. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes and you. Weekday mornings at 9, right here on WRUF. Gator Talk. With head football coach Billy Napier and the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly. Thursday nights at 7, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. This is the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. At Titan Mariah. No insurance is no problem, and Titan MRI has same-day scheduling available. Call them up, start feeling better today. That's TitanMRI.com. Welcome back. Our final half hour with the Gator QB, 392-8255. You can email us, Russell, at WRUF.com. Shane, uh, a listener, Jim, uh, did some research, and I don't want to have – I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but he did his research, and he basically looked at some coaches uh, and what they did – in the first year and the second year after their predecessor. For example, Coach Spurrier, uh, Galen Hall, or was, was seven and, they were seven and five in 89, nine and two in 90, and then 10 and two in 91. Saban, uh, uh, Shula had 0 and seven, six wins vacated, and in 08, 12 and two, and then in 09, 14 and 0. Urban Meyer, in 05 was 9 and 3 Zook was 7 and 5 in 2004 then went 12 and 2 I'm sorry 13 and 1 and 9 and 4 Josh Heupel 7 and 6 his first year Pruitt was 0 and 7 with 3 wins vacated then he went 11 and 2 uh, Kirby Smart uh, 8 and 5 Richt was 10 and 3 but then he went 13 and 2 <laughs> crazy Mark Rick got fired at going 10 and 3 yeah and 11 and 3 and then Prime uh, in 2020, four and three. And he says, will he turn around quickly? So he says, with all of that, um, based on his research, don't you think this is a critical year? I think the answer is no. And I'll tell you why I say no. Define critical, right? How, what's the win total? Because if I said to most people, Florida goes four and eight, they're apoplectic in year two, apoplectic, fire Napier, get rid of whoever, okay? If Florida goes six and six or seven and five, there'll be a segment of the fan base, uh, Jim, that won't be happy, but they're going to look and say, well, okay, and, and hopefully play in a bowl game and play and try to win the damn thing. Mm-hmm. 
than year three. I think year th- all that said, I think year three is the critical year. Do you? Yeah, I think you got to look at the model of what Florida State has gone through. I mean, this is year four, uh, and it looks like they're going to have a pretty good team. The previous, I mean, they were they were decent last year, not great. The the transfer portal really helped them, in my opinion. But the previous, the first two years were a debacle. And part of that, see, it's okay. Now people are looking at Florida State as sort of the model, right? See, year three turnover. Well, they didn't. They weren't doing that year one, year two. They were saying, "Who is this guy? He came from Memphis. He's not the right answer." Blah blah blah. Right? Well, what did he inherit? What did he get from Willie Taggart? A mess. People forget that, right? And again, I like Dan Mullen. He's a friend. But if you take friend out of it and you look at the Florida roster, it was not a great roster that Billy Napier inherited. So I'm going to say this for the 50th time. When the dude was hired and people were saying, he needs time, he needs time, he needs time, that's all been forgotten now. Mm -hmm. It's all been forgotten. And I get it, especially, can you imagine if Deion Sanders goes 9-3 and at Colorado? (laughs) I mean, they're going to want to hire him here for whatever the money. Mike says, um, it seems simplistic, almost like the offense suggests we should use. He says, the thoughts on Colorado, Colorado's offense, that it's simplistic. Yeah, they just spread you out and play fast. That's what a majority of the teams do nowadays. It's about getting the ball in space. Um, I'm hoping we make that adjustment because that's what I was preaching are asking for during the broadcast. Larry says, refreshing to have someone who's knowledgeable and candid. Thank you, Shane. What do you think about having two offensive line coaches and no on-field special teams coach? And what could be done to improve the play of the special teams? I don't know where people are getting this, that we don't have an on-field special teams coach. He's there. Well, if you look at the if you look at the coaching... He's the game-changer coach. Right. but is it, He's on the field. But I don't know that he's – I'll have to go back and look because if you look at the coaching uh, staff, the coaches, I don't see that that, that name, but maybe, maybe yeah, I'm just missing Yeah, he's it. the game changer. Uh, I can't think of his name right off the top of my head, but he's he's on the field. All right, 392-8255. You can email S. Russell. If that wasn't the case, we'd be the only team in a, that's ever played football without a special teams coach. Well, some coaches, though – no, so we have – he's the special teams coordinator. Every team I've played on, you have a special teams coordinator. Steve Russell's the running back coach. You're responsible for kickoff return. Correct. Billy Gonzalez is responsible for the returners. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I was going. Yeah. Uh, Everybody yes. has a role that they play on special teams, but you have one guy that's the coordinator. I think his name is Chris Couch. That yes, is it. Uh, it is. Don't get him confused with the golfer, Chris Couch. Yes. But if you look, and I think I think what the, the confusion is, guys, is that if you look at football, if you go to the website, right, and you look at coaches and staff, okay, Napier, Sale, Armstrong, Spencer, et cetera, and you don't see him. It's not, it doesn't say game changer? No. His name is not even there. Really? No. Is, no. He, is he considered an analyst? Well, see, I mean, look. Right here, see, I'm going down the list, right? So there's Spencer, there's Raymond, there's Bateman, Callaway, Gonzalez, Mike Pete, Stapleton. Not there. 
Well, he's on the sideline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell you all that. But I mean, I think. <laughs> and he's at practice. And I think there's some confusion because when a fan goes and looks at that. Yeah. Right. I didn't realize that. You don't see that. Um, Is he not listed at all? Yeah, he's listed here, but he's listed down for Chris Couch, game changer coordinator. Okay, well that that's their special teams yeah. version. But he's he's listed as support staff. Maybe that's a that's a way for them uh, from a money standpoint. You know, sometimes when you become an associate head coach or associate offense or defense coordinator, you get more money. Yeah, but. He's on the field. Yeah, and I and think he's at practice. And I think that's the reason why. Gotcha. Because he's not. I didn't realize that. Uh, Bernard, hello. Hey, Steve Bernard. Hey, Steve. A couple of things about the Gators moving forward. I, I think that it's going to be important for Florida to, to win offensively to win the early down. I think they need to be looking at probably third and two or something like that. So they may need to be. And more aggressive and taking some uh, shots down the field and, and hopefully beyond the first down mark. Steve, another thing, you know, a lot of people calling and complaining, but I think there's some good things to take away from it. When you look at it, a lot of the players that played well and, and, and even going back to last year, the players that Napier either brought in through the portal or recruited and, and the same thing applied it's kind of it's ironic that Jordan Costell is number one on the death trial I guess they say we're going to a hostile environment let's put an experienced guy that's J Mode and he gets beat uh, and he's not in place and they hit that long touchdown pass the other thing is this Steve you got two offensive line coaches I know Godwin is coming back those guys got the mix and match, and 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 I think I don't know if the offense line gonna be great, but it should be a, a solid, a good enough for us to do what we want to do. And the last thing, Steve, I learned from Steve Spur, a lot of these guys get these uh, preseason acclamation. I don't love the playoffs, Steve. I love the production. If a guy's not producing, he doesn't need to be on the field. You have a good day. Okay, thank you. Steve, I think, do you still send uh, student reporters over to the, you should have them ask about that. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, I did not realize that. I'm going to ask about that. There you go. Because that's the only reason why I think there is confusion, because I noticed that a while ago. Because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'll just look and, okay, who's the, you know, okay. And, he, and there's no special teams there. But you're right. He's on the, he's there. Yeah. But he's not, and, in, and I don't know the exact reason, but I'm going to find that out. Uh, 144, time check brought to you by Hayes Survey. Final segment coming up, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Austin Sterling. In the MLB, the Tampa Bay Rays take on the AL East rival Boston Red Sox tonight. The Rays are in the midst of another playoff push and sit three and a half games back of the Baltimore Orioles for the leading spot in the AL East standings. Coverage will start right here at 6 p.m. Sticking with the MLB playoff race, the Miami Marlins will play against the Los Angeles Dodgers tonight. The Marlins sit just a half game back of the final wildcard spot in the NL and will be looking to get one step closer tonight. First pitch is at 6.40. Moving to tennis, former Gator Ben Shelton is competing in the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open tonight against Francis TFO. The match starts at 8.15. In college soccer, the Gators will look to remain unbeaten Thursday afternoon against Charlotte. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. 
I'm Austin Stone. ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM WRUF. The Murder Years is the scripted podcast that takes you on a gruesome trip back to the 80s. For Clarkston High's class of 82, school wasn't just hell, it was murder. Now, 40 years later, the former students revisit their past for answers. I mean, it was like how many more of us were going to die? And who would be next? Listen to The Murder Years wherever you get your podcasts. Labor Day savings are here at Lowe's. Get up to an additional $1,500 off select major kitchen appliances. And save $100 off select laundry pairs, priced $1,396 or more. Plus, make your big purchases easy with Lowe's Pay, our new flexible buy now, pay later payment option. Lowe's knows home improvement. Valid through 9-6. Appliance savings vary based on purchase amount. Exclusions apply. See Lowe's.com for details. Subject to credit approval. WRUF Radio App, your source for sports every second of every hour of every day. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Silverback Concrete knows you only have one chance to make a building that holds up to the highest standard, and that's why they're the number one choice. You stand on it, we stand by it. Silverback Concrete's got your back. All right, the Gator QB and yours truly here for our final segment. Call us up on the Clear Sound Audiology phone line, 392-8255. You can email uh, srussell at wruf.com. Tony says... I didn't realize Jimmy Buffett was the second most famous person from Pascagoula. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, was he sick, Steve? Because I was, yes. I, like I said, I've been out in California. Yeah. Or not California. He'd Utah. not been in good health. Okay. Yes. Um, let's see here. Mike says, I disagree. The college football clock change that now stops the clock only during the last two minutes of the second half are insignificant. In truth, they've negative impact on what's traditionally been the most exciting part of the game. Clock management and the two-minute drill are both diminished in impact. Gone are the days of one team scoring late, the other team having a minute or less to come back. The plays being lost are those that will now be used to spike the ball to stop the clock, the most exciting part of the contest. If we must change the rule, it should be amended to allow the clock to stop on first downs during the entire fourth quarter. This problem will reveal itself over time. Over time. Thank you, Mike and Ormond Beach. I liked it back in my days when you went out of bounds, the clock didn't start again until the snap of the ball. Yeah. Well, and once again, as a football fan, do you want to see more plays? Mm-hmm. Don't you want to see more of the, your, your team play? Uh, Andrew, have you heard Gator fans wanting Emery back? Laugh out loud. We're in sad times. Oh, he set some record up there. Cincinnati, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. <laughs> Kenny, it's okay to compare first-year coaches and their record, but don't cherry-pick. Some coaches are inheriting great talent and doing well quickly while others take years when they inherit subpar talent and other issues. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And plus, I, I do – I saw a stat because, you know, I'm sure you saw it, Steve. It was all the the last six or seven Gator head coaches and when they – what their record was at their eighth loss. But I, I think Billy's six and eight, and seven or eight of those teams have been top 20 teams yes. that he's lost to. Fans could care less. Yeah. 
I'm not, but you're right. No, no, I, I, I'm just throwing that out. No, there. you're absolutely right, and I think that you have to take that into account. You're not playing, you know, cupcakes. Yeah. Um, Todd says, haven't seen Miami lately. UCF and Florida State seem to be improving. I don't like to look ahead, but next year, uh, if the offense and defense hasn't improved and we lose to Miami, UCF, and Florida State, <laughs> it won't be good for recruiting. Shane, do you ever see plays where Florida clears a zone and runs a tight end or a receiver drag route or deep posts where we occupy the safety and our receiver can run to the ball a la Utah play number one or every game for Ohio State? Yeah, we, we have those. We ran a lot of them last year. I don't know if we called any the other night. Uh, I think we had – no, we did. We had one where we had Marcus Burke, I think, wide open on a crossing route early. Um, we have those. Uh, let's see. I'm not sure of the name here. Quick question. Are you guys okay with players Snapchatting on game day, like Princely saying, little-ass stadium, then he had to eat his words? I mean, I guess it's just it's it's the era we're living in, you know. Kids have ways they can express themselves. Um, it was a cool little stadium, though. I will say that. Yeah. It's about fifty five thousand, and it was packed. And the just the setting behind it with those mountains, beautiful. And um, but it was right on top of you, kind of like the swamp. I mean, there was probably from the bench to the first row. Six yards. I mean, really? It, yeah, it was. They were right on top of you. Uh, William says uh, we have ten assistants, excluding Couch. Correct. So he can be on the sidelines during games, but if he's providing hands-on instruction during games or at practice, that's a rules violation. That's simple. Yeah, that because again, he's. That's why I looked. He's not listed as a coach per se. So you know he can be on the sideline during games, but he can't, I believe, be on the field at practice. I believe I'm right on that. I think. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't follow all those rules. Uh, okay, we got about five or six more minutes, and again, I'll see. I'll read what he said. We have ten assistants, excluding Couch. He can be on the sidelines during games, but if you're providing hands-on instruction during games or at practice, that's a rules violation. Okay, so maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's not involved at the game. I just know he's there. Yeah. Um, okay, because that's why I think the the question's been asked, like because there isn't a on-field special teams gotcha. coach. 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Uh, okay, let's look ahead a little bit, Shane, uh, while I have you. We'll do this again tomorrow, too. And by the way, don't forget, Inside the Huddle tomorrow, special day and time, Coach Perry gets back from Duke uh, after their big win last night. When you look at the SEC now, you know, LSU did some odd things in their game. Uh, but Florida State's very good. I think LSU will bounce back. And I, and I like what Brian Kelly said. There was an article the other day on ESPN, and I knew this, but I, when I read it, when I read it, it, it really hit home. And when I say this, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not knocking Scott Strickland, okay? I'm, but I'm going to give you facts. At LSU, okay, the hiring of Will Wade in basketball was not a good hire. He proved to be a cheater, and he got run out of town. But let's check the other hires. Brian Kelly resurrected LSU football quickly. Kim Mulkey hmm. 
national championship. And she just brought in the, probably the best players from around the country to her team out of the pool. And a baseball coach from Arizona who just won a national championship. That's three today. That could change tomorrow. But that's three game-changing home run hires that they went after a name coach, right? Mulkey was, she's from Louisiana, her kid played baseball there, but we knew who she was at Baylor. She won championships at Baylor, Mm -hmm. okay? Kelly got Notre Dame into the college football playoff, a known commodity. Now, maybe the baseball coach not as nationally known, but he done a good job at Arizona, and he went again. We don't know who else they talked to, but if that doesn't, if if you're a fan base at LSU, you look at the AD and go, whoa, pretty good. They they went after big time hires and got them, and it was funny. Mulkey just said to the AD, "Just pay me what I'm making here." I want to come home because she's from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Timing, mm-hmm. right? Some people wouldn't even reach out to her. Well, she's not going to leave Baylor. I mean, look, she's won all those championships. She's built up. You don't know until you pick up a phone, until you ask. So it was really striking to me what LSU has done because now they're really good in a lot of sports. And, and what's crazy is their fan base will travel. No yes. matter no matter the sport. No. Because I was I was out in Dallas with the XFL and I actually went to the um national championship gymnastics meet. Yeah. Which was awesome. LSU had the place packed. Yeah, their their fans do go. No doubt. Uh okay, a couple of emails here. We'll say goodbye. Um Kenny wants to make one more quick point. <clears throat> you and Shane are my go to for factual info and fairness on your shows. I had to remove myself from some others. Uh, well, Kenny, thank you. We try. But look, I think especially in Shane's case, he played for this place, right? I mean, there's nobody that wants Florida to win more than my friend sitting across from me. But he's also in a position where now as a broadcaster, you gotta, he's got to tell what he sees. And sometimes it's not what you want to say. Yeah, and like I said, I, I don't think people realize how hard it is to coach at any level coaching is hard winning games is hard and we all have our opinions of what whether it's billy napier steve russell whoever the coach is or whatever whether it's a pop warner team a high school team it's hard and everybody's always going to be second guessed you even second guess yourself when you win games should i mean i should have done this so uh look i i just from the few pack practices that i saw and watching the game the other night now granted I'm going off what I saw Utah doing to us from a defensive standpoint. I would have thrown the ball. I know it's 44 attempts, and throwing more than that sounds crazy. But most of that came late when you're already down 21. I want to throw it when the game is 0-0. Let's see what we can do on first and second down throwing the football. NFL starts. And uh, you just said you really like the Saints. I do. What do you think has happened – to Russell Wilson? It, you know, I, that's a great question. If Some of these people that watch Russell Wilson play a lot, majority of his play has come off scrambles. If you keep him in the pocket, he's not a really good quarterback. 
and I think people have figured that out. Uh, we'll see with Sean Payton because I think Sean Payton's outstanding. We'll see if he can get him playing like the quarterback he's been. And you got – you know, I looked at a, at a draft next year. The Cardinals had the first two picks. Well – they ain't gonna win many games this year. No, they've they've you talking about tanking? Yeah, they've gotten rid of all their good players. That's what I mean. They should be playing Colt McCoy, but they cut him, and now they got either Josh Dobbs or some other kid who's been there like a week and a half. Yeah, and that's why I say. I mean, they don't. We don't know, if, but they're they're. I mean, one was via the trade, so I think they do have one of them. But can you imagine if they take the Southern California kid? And then a receiver, yeah. You got better. All you already got better. But could you imagine if Caleb Williams or Drake May gets picked by him and says pulls the Elon Manning, I ain't playing for y'all. Yeah. And what about Kyler Murray? <laughs> oh, he's still there. Yeah. yeah. I forget. He's he hurt. Was, but yeah. yeah, I forgot he was still there. Yeah. So what do you do? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what that franchise does. You ready for your Jets, Steve? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm ready because I think they'll be better, and at least. When they got Aaron Rodgers, Shane, they went out and aggressively tried to get better, mm-hmm. to get weapons for him. But it's kind of like Florida. I am not – there are two tackles who are supposed to protect Aaron Rodgers. Becton hasn't been healthy since he was drafted. And the other guy, I don't know about him either. So, you know, Aaron ain't 20. Right. Right? That's my worry. Makes sense. That's my worry. But should they be better – Oh, yeah. Yes, at least they'll – and they're on Monday Night Football. They play Buffalo Monday night. That'll be a good one. So, yeah, I'll be watching that. So, appreciate you being here. Shane, back here tomorrow with the ball coach inside the huddle, a special edition on Wednesday at 11 o'clock. And uh, we'll go over – there are some good games, not a lot of them, but there are some good games this weekend we'll talk about. And we hope you'll join us. And then tomorrow, Mike DeRocco is going to join us to talk about the Jaguars, uh, speaking of the NFL starting up, among our guests tomorrow. I'm Steve Russell. You're listening to ESPN 98.1 FM at 50 AM WYUF. Enjoy the rest of your day.